You are listening to the Small Liquor Hunting Podcast, the hunting podcast that is free of advertisements, bought and paid for opinions, and minutes and minutes of sponsorships. If that's what you want, there's a plethora of other podcasts out there. Here, we're going to talk openly, we're going to talk honestly, and we're going to live in the real world, free of sponsorships and paid for advertisements and opinions that are governed and dictated by them. That sounds interesting. Stay tuned for this episode of the Smalley Grounding Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Small Acre Hunting Podcast. It's been a while. Um, we're still hitting that once a month at least. That's kind of the, my goal is to never go farther than a month. Um, and it's been since right around Father's Day, where we talked about what Father's Day can teach us as hunters. And, and you know, I, I, I've enjoyed some of the feedback I've gotten when I've kind of stepped back and spoken at times like I did in that last episode or uh, back to the January one that was perspective in the chaos it's it's been interesting and and uh, encouraging to know that there are a lot of you out there that love to hear just that genuine side of things that genuine content and uh, yeah I think us all pursuing to be better men women hunters it is a good thing, and I guess that's how I'll start this episode off. Uh, we're we're gonna this episode's gonna be a little bit shorter than than some have been, but uh, I wanted to start it off with just you know we all have in the hunting world those acquaintances, maybe their friends even, or uh, those other hunters that they they reach out, they communicate with us, whether whether it be through a forum or on Facebook or in person, and and. For whatever reason, they just, they can be annoying. Um, they're all amped up. They have a lot of energy for hunting, but man, they just sure don't have everything clicking and, and, and they don't always make the best decisions when it comes to shot choices. And, and maybe they're the guy that's always calling you seeking advice for um, how to go about trying to find a deer that they're, because they're losing the blood trail. You know, you, you walk through the shot. They can't remember much other than they rushed the shot. They shot when they shouldn't have. Um they made a bad shot selection. Maybe they're a younger hunter that just is so just crazy amped up about thinking they got to shoot the next biggest buck that when they do shoot, you know, they might shoot a 118 and they tell you it scored 130. Those are everywhere. I, grown men clearly don't even know how to score deer anymore. And it, it can get frustrating. Those are just two very small examples. But um, I've come to know that, at least in my experience, every single hunter out there that you know seems to continually make poor decisions or um and and maybe not even illegal decisions but maybe just shot selection decisions where they continue to hunt just in not sound tactical approaches or things like that because they know it all or they go to the wrong person or whatever most of these people have crossed a path with you or I or somebody out there that you know what it just seems like more energy needs needs exerted than it's worth it's probably going to be an uphill battle to get this person to actually listen to me. And we just don't try. We, we, we ignore them. We shrug them off. We nod our head. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, good, good luck. You know, and I think at times we do have to feel the situation, but I want to encourage every single person listening to this podcast 
to embrace the moments that you're given an opportunity to make the hunting community better. That might be just in being cognizant of all your activities while you're hunting, while you're shopping for hunting stuff, while you're communicating with other hunters, while you're communicating with non-hunters, while you're discussing even maybe with anti-hunters. Your actions and your patience and your willingness to have dialogue is going to make the hunting community better. Um, Every single person that makes a bad decision at some point probably had an opportunity with somebody else that if that person would have just taken the time to maybe talk to them and got them to think, it could have saved some bad decisions. Um, you know, I've I've walked some people through shot selection before and they've never really truly thought about it beyond just getting an arrow in a deer. Like, that's the that was their goal. No, no, no. The, the, the goal should be getting an arrow in the most proficient, line of travel through the deer's vitals to ensure that you're happy as a hunter because if you do that chances are unless a crazy atypical situation plays out you're going to find that deer and you're going to find that deer pretty close um another good example is getting people to realize to wait to be patient just to stay on the whole um actual hunting conclusion of a hunt you know if you release an arrow if you put it in a good shot there's no rush to go find that deer. Too many of my friends have, have pushed deer off of their first bed because they don't wait because they don't walk through the process. And we've done that on the podcast before. And I, and I probably will revisit it again, heading into this year. Cause I really think it's something that we all need to stay cognizant of and on guard for even in our own hunts, but whatever it is, whatever situation, if it's that young kid, that's just so amped up, but he just, he, he speaks gibberish. He, he grabs to the latest fad. He, he, he clings to every single word that anybody tells him that, and it doesn't matter who, whether right, wrong, or, or, or good or bad, you know, it's just take a moment, take a moment, help make the hunting community a better place. And, uh, I think if you do that, you're going to sleep better. You're going to feel better. And, uh, it's going to do the, it's going to do our whole hunting community a better, uh, put a better face on it for all of us. Um, so that's my little side, side bit, but this, uh, this week we're going to be going out and just to give you a little update on pops and I, we are going to be starting a little bit earlier this year, but that's a good thing. Um, haven't really been out to the properties much, and that's a good thing as well, limiting uh, human intrusion and such. But uh, still working on garnering a few accesses to some other properties. Uh, I'm going to be writing some letters as well as maybe knocking on a few doors uh, here very shortly to just maybe pick up a few smaller places that give me some ability to hunt closer to home, be home quicker, and things like that. But uh, we're going to be going out and spraying food plots tomorrow most likely as long as the rain stays as predicted as to be holding off all day for the most part. Um, on that note, um, I'm going to end this podcast with reading a write-up that I did that the, the my friends over at Real World posted to their blog and their news section of their website. It's called The Potential Is There. But speaking to Real World, if you will, um, and I know... A lot of people have said I shouldn't let stuff affect me or I shouldn't let other people's opinions or feedbacks or comments um, hit me. I'm human. 
I, I, I can't but help be impacted and affected when I read people coming at me as far as like integrity and stuff. Um, there's a lot of things. I've had a lot of people speak ill of me. You know, they say I kill young bucks. They make fun of the, the deer I've killed, some of the things I've said, whatever. That doesn't bug me um, nearly to the degree of when somebody's attacking my integrity. So, you know, I, this episode, you know, this, this podcast now, once I revamped the intro and everything, it even discusses how I, I refuse to and I'm never going to get sponsors. I'm not going to be advertising to you for anything. Um, I want my opinions and, and thoughts to always be unadulterated by any impact of any money that is coming in from anybody. And then yet, in one episode, I did disclose a while back that for a few years, um, after using Real World for a while, they approached me and, and, and said I, I'm a good ambassador for them as far as like I share that I use them and such. They never offered me any money, but they did offer me a slight discount. It, it's nothing major. It's, it's, it doesn't eliminate the cost or anything like that. And uh, I, I did use it for a little bit. Well, then somebody left a, a comment about how hypocritical that is and um, kind of hinted at the fact that maybe I'm not the man that I claim to be. And I, I thought about that for a while. And, you know, that person doesn't know who I am beyond what they can read or hear. They've never sat down at my table. They've never shared bread with me or, or, or shared a drink or anything like that. And I get it. I get it. I can, I can understand that perception. So this year, I didn't order uh, real-world seed with a discount. I went to their website, and I ordered everything at full price um, off of their website. Because when I say I believe in a product... It's not because I'm getting a discount. It's not because I have a relationship or am friends with anybody. I have friends that own other companies um, that I unfortunately don't use their product, and it's not because they have bad products. It's because I'm, I'm also loyal. As long as the company that I believe in, after all of my research, led me to them, um, until they prove otherwise, I'm going to keep using them. And so I will post uh, on my Facebook page and probably do... Uh, uh, if I can, if I can do it, I'll insert it in the comments when I post the link to this uh, podcast on the Facebook page as well. Uh, just a link to my receipt for this year. So it's not cheap. Um, I covered basically, I got an acre and a half of their plot topper, which really I'm probably only going to use about maybe half of that on my own personal property. The remainder of that might get planted at other properties that we have permission to hunt on. Um, but that's uh, basically the real-world plot topper is their mix uh, that has radish and turnips and uh, greens. It's a, it's a brassica blend, if you will. And then I also ordered, for those that are, I know you guys are all interested, I am revamping my one clover plot. Sorry, I needed a drink of my coffee. Um, I got a full 10-pound, uh, one-acre bag of their clover chicory. And a lot of people will see that, you know, that's $74. That's a lot of money, but you're talking about a plot that's, if you get it in and you get it in good, it's going to come back years. I've had, that plot was planted in 2016, and I'm just now having to kind of redo it. And a lot of that is mainly due to the grasses that have overridden and a lot of the broadleafs, which I don't necessarily care about the broadleafs that much, but getting been getting a lot of light 
competition with some of the saplings that have grown up around there too so we're going to be eradicating some of those this next year so i wanted to try to hit the restart button on that clover uh the winding clover plot with that uh, real world wildlife products clover and chicory blend that they have and uh there's a lot of good companies out there and i'm not sponsored by anybody so i can say it so real world has some good stuff northwoods whitetail um john kyam has some good some great stuff out there um grandpa ray's has some good mixes the one thing that you need to pay attention to when you're buying clover and chicory seed is how much actual seed you're getting. Um, read the seed tags. If if you're buying 10 pounds, nearly 10 pounds should be the seeds that you want. Not inert matter, not seed coatings, um, not not a ryegrass that they throw in there because it's cheap. You know, if I'm buying 10 pounds, I want 10 pounds. So that's one reason why I got it. And then I got two acres worth of their whitetail harvest salad. That is oats, rye, wheat, and Austrian winter pea blend that they have. And I know a lot of people listening, if you follow Real World, you're probably like, well, why don't you just buy Deadly Dozen Tie? That's where they combine Plot Topper and the Harvest Salad. The way that I plant, I don't like to broadcast all those different seed sizes at the same time. Um, as I hand spread them in my spreader bag, they seem to separate, and then I end up with a bunch of brassicas in one spot and all the cereal grains in another. It just happens because the brassica seeds are so tiny compared to the lighter, larger um, cereal grains, and they separate. So I don't like that, so I like to keep them separate. I like to spread the cereal grains and such, and then if we're called to packing or doing a drag, we'll do that those to try to cover those seeds a little bit more they need a little bit more coverage and then i'll broadcast the brassicas on top of that and those just are so tiny the lightest little bit of rain is going to set those the seed and especially if you're seeding into a fluffy seed bed unless you're uh, if you even if you're no-tilling they have a really good germination rate in that fashion so that's my little disclaimer and disclosure this year um so i'm not going to single out the person who who attacked my integrity but there you go Put my money where my mouth is, no discount, full price. You can look up for yourself, and uh, that's because I believe it's high-quality seed that I am buying. Bottom line, that's all I care about. If I'm going to spend any bit of my hard-earned money, I want it to go towards good stuff. I don't want the discount stuff at that local Walmart or big box store. Um, I guess... Another update is Pops is still looking for a property. Um, I think the property that we went and walked and such looked amazing, looked good for what we needed it for, but I think they're just a little unreasonable and unrealistic in what they think they're going to get for the place. So uh, from what I understood, Pops is going to call them and get a yes or no finally, but we're still looking. Uh, so we are down some properties, um, and a few of the properties we're having to share more and more with other people, but that is the unfortunate reality that it is when you know you're not really wealthy and you don't own a ton of property um still got my little honey hole that i own personally and then we've got other good properties it's just they're they're high pressured or we're sharing them a lot but we'll see what happens so i'm looking forward to this year i'm having a little bit of a hard time getting motivated more so this year than probably any other year that i can remember and it's crazy because I've had a stretch of really good years, you know, killed Cicero in 18, 19, killed the November Blessing Buck, and then last year killed that excellent 140-plus buck off of my place. And so it's not coming from a frustration standpoint. I think it's just coming from 
Uh, I've gotten into some other things in my life and my job and helping other people in different avenues through my church and such. And it's it's really been feeding me as far as uh, my spirit, my soul, and uh, and that that that's something that I want to pursue. And and hunting can get it can frustrate you. It can it can it can you know especially when you're losing places. Um, you're getting told different things by the landowners. It's just draining, I guess you could say. But I look forward to just kind of embracing the season as it comes, embracing every single time I get to climb a tree, set up there, talk to God and witness his creation. And if something great happens, I look forward to that this fall. So still hoping to bring, you know, have an awesome year, and and I'll update you guys as we go through it. But I wanted to, in closing, close this podcast out by reading to you. Um, So this is going to be the audio version of the potential is there. Um, this is a write-up that I wrote in reflection, thinking back um, onto my property when I walked it and uh, ultimately ended up buying it. But hopefully this speaks to you. Hopefully, you know, um, yeah, hopefully it just speaks to you guys a little bit and makes you realize the potential that's inside of you on the properties that you walk, um, just anything and everything out there. And uh, may you begin to see that a little bit more. So, Here we go. The potential is there. I can still remember the crisp crunch of the frozen soil under my boots, as if I was walking on dried out wafers. It was late February in northern Indiana, and that typically means weather ranging from sub-zero and blizzards to 55 and sunny. The perfect time to frost seed. I was walking through a small winding plot, which to many people would be nothing more than a few pathways weaving through cover, and definitely not worth the time spent sculpting it over the years. I saw it differently, though. I saw its potential. That small disjointed opening, which originally was nothing more than a tractor trail, had called to me the very first time I'd walked the property. From the beginning, that potential was undeniable, and while the spot was small, I had big plans and big dreams for it. That first year of owning the property, this small tractor trail that circled up and back down would see quite the overhaul. The brush hog would eat away at the edges of the trail as much as trees would allow, widening it at some points as wide as 15 to 20 feet. Strategic cross trails were mowed open as well, encouraging lines of travel for deer by a stand location I was hoping would work. A soil test was conducted and subsequently bag after bag of lime was applied. And in the fall, after planting cereal grains and clover, fertilizer followed. Honestly, it is usually at some point during these applications I wonder if it really is worth doing. The lime, the tests, the fertilizer, and the time spent upon all of them. However, oftentimes I circle back to times where these moments of preparation and investment culminated in a harvest in the subsequent fall. After all, what comes easy typically won't last, and what lasts typically won't come easy. And success is definitely more the latter. That success, however, is a fickle thing, isn't it? We often attach it to our jobs, a hobby, or perhaps a current task we've been asked to complete. How often do we apply it to ourselves, though? How often do we apply it to our role as father, husband, son, boss. When was the last time you sat down and began to analyze the deficiencies found not in your soil, but in your life? Identifying the things which need elevated to ultimately provide proper growth and ultimate success.
if you're anything like me, the fruits which you're producing, if you're producing any at all, are few in number and low in quality. The soil which you have your foundation in is severely lacking in any kind of sustenance. The worst part, though, is you don't need a soil test to know it. Every single morning, the man in the mirror seemingly tries to remind you, but you ignore him. The fact is the majority of the men reading this or listening to this right now are more apt to spend the countless hours sculpting a new food plot and hanging a new stand but won't have an honest conversation with a loved one about our worries or sinful pitfalls. We'll gladly spend an entire day operating a chainsaw doing TSI work but ignore or worst yet avoid heart-to-heart conversations with our children or our families. We will go years investing our resources, time, and energy in pursuit of world-class whitetails, but never once devote just a sliver of that into becoming the man, husband, or father, or woman, mother, or wife God has called us to be. You see, he knew it the second he created you there was something there, something which none saw then but he did. Something which no one else saw, don't see it now, and may never see it, but he did. He saw. He knows your potential. He has incredibly big dreams and plans for you, but you're too preoccupied with what you want to see or what you want to become. You've failed to truly begin to amend the soil with the proper inputs so you can begin to see the successful outputs your life was destined to have. That small plot wouldn't have succeeded had I not prepared the soil well before I even worked the soil, planted the soil, fertilized the soil, and then eventually found myself frost-seeding it again that crisp February morning. Every input we put into that plot was focused around the quality output we envisioned for it. It's success. What items or things are you inputting into your life that are affecting the quality of your outputs? What steps, changes, or amendments are needed to elevate the man you are, or woman, you are just one step closer to being what you were created to be? There are a few things in life that I know definitively, but one is that God is good and his grace is beyond measure. And that just like I saw that plot, He sees our true potential and is waiting for us to finally desire to devote ourselves to tapping into it. God bless and good luck out there.